Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Thank you. All right. My name is Tim Gordon, and I'm with TheFilmGordon.com, and I am... You know, happy is not even a word to talk to this brother again. Aldous Hodge, what's going on, sir? What's happening, brother? How you doing? Man, you know, watching you continue to do uh, amazing work, man. The last time I got a chance to to kind of at least breathe on you for a second, we were talking about (laughs) underground, and uh, you have moved on and firmly established yourself. And now with One Night in Miami, man, I want to definitely jump right in. Mm-hmm. Um, you, Leslie Odom Jr. Um, I don't want to mispronounce the brother's name. Is it uh, Ali Eli Goray? Ali Goray and Eli Goray and Kingsley Benadir. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I will just say, man, um, this was a film that was highly anticipated. Had an opportunity. I didn't see it at Venice when you guys mm-hmm. saw it, but saw it a couple of months later. Um, Regina King is somebody that I, I care for and love dearly. And uh, yeah. she knocked it out the park with you brothers, man. Um, great job. She did indeed. So what was it when you were approached, man, to be a part of this? Because, you know, there's a long line of brothers, man, that wanted to be down <laughs> in one night in Miami. How, how did you feel when uh, they said, it's going to be you. You're going to be Jim Brown. I mean, I felt I felt that I, you know, because I had the audition, um, we all had the audition, which was fantastic because we had to earn it. You know, when they said that it was going to be me, I was like, okay, now here's where the work is, you know, because I understood how important this project is and what it, how important it could be to the audience. Plus, you're sitting there working with Regina. She's working at the top of her game, so you can't come slipping. Not that you plan on it, but, you know, still. So I was just looking at the work that needed to be done and I didn't get comfortable. I was happy, but I take a minute to celebrate. I think I got real happy when I actually saw the film because then I could just relax and just be like, all right, we good, <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. We, hey, we, we did all right, yeah, we did it. But, um, you know, it was it was a great experience all the way through, but my mindset was still focused on on the work and waiting to to, to celebrate a little bit later. Cool, cool. Now, Kent Powers uh, created the, uh, the stage play, which you guys and then adapted it uh, yeah. for the big screen. Now, I was under the impression that I knew that, you know, we've seen in several films that Muhammad Ali had a relationship with Sam Cooke. 
Um, I knew that in the early 1960s, there was a summit in Cleveland. So I knew he had a connection to Jim Brown. And of course, the Malcolm X connection is through his, the conversion of his, his faith. We kind of get right. that too. Um, but I love the way Kemp weaved all these elements together and what he did with it. Um, when you saw the finished product and after all the work you put in all this, how did you feel? First of all, how did it make you feel? It made me feel fantastic. I remember we shot it out. I shot my my work out in like late January, early February. And then they they finished, well, they were supposed to finish in February, but they got stopped by quarantine. So they had like a day or two left to do, um, which they did a couple months later. But um, from the time that we shot to the time that I saw it, which was around August, I know how I felt about it before, but when I saw it, emotionally it hit me in a completely different way i was just like wow man because some things hit deeper and certain moments hurt a little bit more because of everything that had transpired with you know mr floyd and miss taylor and, and and mr arbery um when we see all that and then just the words and what he was saying what we were saying what what was given to us it it just gave so much motivation to the purpose of it all. And I said, wow, this means so, so much more now than I than it ever did when we were shooting it. And when we were shooting it, it was super important. <laughs> you know, so it was like a hundred times more important now. Yeah. Um, I was so satisfied with it, but also, you know, I felt so much and, and I, I enjoyed so much because it was just a fun movie, surprisingly so. I mean, these guys are charismatic. They're funny. And I found myself just breezing through it. It doesn't seem like a conversation that just lags on. It's like, really, there's a flow to it. It picks up. There's a there's a, there's a, a mood. Like, you know, it's got some bop to it. And I was pleasantly, I remember when I, ca I called Regina right after and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, so, did your thing. So, so all this, man, your introductory, your or your character, Jim Brown's introductory scene, is him riding back to somewhere. I'm assuming it was Georgia. somewhere, Georgia. Thank you. Yeah. And what I loved about that scene is that it was just, it just appeared to be a, such a normal scene, and all of a sudden <laughs> you get the you get the punch in the gut yeah. at the end. Um, yeah. Uh, Bo Bridges, man, that's pretty good, brother. That was pretty good. Yeah, um, shout, but, shout out to Bo. It's awesome being able to work with him. You know, it's, it's a legend right there. So when you when you see that, now imagine had you just you you and our our shoes, and you're just watching that, man, and you go, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, whoa. What, wait, what, what we're just here. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how casual. The racism was, man. Uh, in that's how casual it is today. Well, let me take that back. I was saying that's how casual it was for it was the first then, yeah. film. But yes, oh, yeah. after Wednesday, that is exactly how, how <laughs> casual the racism is. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that's what some people don't understand. Like, you know, racism, it's not as bad as it used to be. I'm like, you don't think it's as bad because you don't actually experience racism. Right. You don't, you, you may observe it but you don't know what it actually feels like, right? Um, for us who have gone through it in, in many ways, multiple ways, we, it's still very much the same. And that's what so much 
what, what I love so much about that particular scene because it's the most truth-telling <laughs> scene, one of the most truth-telling scenes I've ever done in my entire career to show how casual it is and how people cannot even notice it when they're sitting there stepping on your head and they don't even notice because you're just dirt under their feet. That's how it is. Right. And also within that, we see where Jim, of course, after this, he makes his transition into uh, film, but also establishes the Black Economic Union much later. He takes those moments and uses them to, to propel himself forward. He doesn't let himself get beat down by those moments. And that was pulled, that scene was pulled from a real account told by Jim, I think in one of his autobiographies. So, you know, it's really happened. And I've experienced stuff like this before too. It, it's just the nature of this country. And some people choose not to see it because they can choose to avoid it because they're not affected. But we are, and we don't have a choice. So we have to challenge it. And I love the fact that it was shown and executed in this film in that way, because you, you're right, you don't expect it. It's just like, oh, everything's cool. But whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Right. You know, yeah. So the, the you and your three castmates, man, you guys, I love the scenes in the hotel room post uh, championship fight mm -hmm. and how, you know, uh, is it Kingsley? Kingsley's character, man, just pushes you, brothers, as Malcolm pushes you, man, is pushing everybody's button. He's yeah. literally really spent a lot of time going after Leslie Odom. You yeah. and you and Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay in the film are pretty cool <laughs> to Malcolm, but he really is going hard after after uh, Sam Cooke. Right. Um, and and at, as a result, at the end of the film, we see that fantastic performance by Leslie Odom at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, man, I, I think across the board, Aldous, I think your work was rock solid. I think the ensemble's work was rock solid. I thought Regina King's direction for this to be her directorial debut across the board, man. One night in Miami, man, you guys all should be proud. Thank you. Thank you. We all are. Absolutely. Yeah, you should be proud. So before I let you get out of here, man, I, I know you. I don't even know what the phrase is for people who make watches. Horologist. Uh, well, thank you. See, see, I wasn't gonna embarrass myself. You'd be like a dermatologist. No, nah, brother. Exactly. <laughs> So talk to me, Aldous. I mean, are you, are you, is this just something that you do that you enjoy or is there kind of like between projects, you know, Hey man, I'm just going to, no, this is, this is my job. Really? This is my job. Yeah. Wow. I, I, the way I look at it, you know, I've been an entertainer or, since I was like two, three years old. Right. I use this to, uh, I use this as, uh, I mean, as, as a version, this is an art form for me. And I have many interests in different art forms, but I grew up with a lot of people telling me, oh, you can do only one thing and you da 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 da. And I'm not going to live within the confines of someone's uh, uh, perspective that is lacking, right? Because they don't want to believe in me. I, I'm going to attack every single interest I have. I have a love and a value for horology that satisfies something in me in a different way, but also a goal in mind with it. I'm able to produce opportunities right now. I'm a part of a organization called Horological Society of New York, where um, we just launched the Benjamin Banneker scholarship for black watchmakers, right? So there's an educational aspect to it. Um, I, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman. I, entertainment is one business, horology is another business, but I'm multifaceted and 
I'm going to just keep figuring out how to make them all work with each other so that I can continue to move forward. My schedule is insane, but, you know, I'm not going to die having wished I would have approached something, regardless of what I accomplished. As long as I approach it, I'm fine. So when you say it's a business, uh, and not necessarily, uh, not saying it's a business. It, it is a business. It's your job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is the is your goal? And and I don't want to get you to get you in trouble now. Is, is your goal to create kind of like your own? I don't want to say use the word brand, but like your own uh, kind of company of things that you design and, and others that you have that work yeah. under you. So that is. Um, that is the thing. So like I started off as a conceptual designer for a number of years uh, in conceptual design, you're presenting designs to other companies trying to, you know, build their, their stock. Um, I started my own company uh, several years ago and I have been uh, developing different things since then. Um, right now I'm developing currently uh, my flagship prototype model, but um, it is a brand and, and this is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm developing, it's a small boutique <laughs> brand, uh, uh, an hotel brand, but uh, you know, for me, it's, it's a size that I can manage, but yeah, it's, it's a brand and, and I have many different um, concepts and movements to develop over the next uh, 15 to 20 years. So I'm just trying to make sure I get started with the right one, you know, to be honest for, for as, as long as it's taken me, um, my biggest shortcoming was, was investment. And I just saved up enough over the years to finally take the chance and invest on, in myself, right. which I love because at the end of the day, that's the goal is, you know, wholly owned. So I'm just waiting on my manufacturer to get done with the work. Cause I did my design part now. I'm like, where's that watch at? <laughs> you there know, it, is. It, it takes, it takes a while though, man. It, you know, on average, it can take about like two to three years on average, just to develop watch from scratch and that's really a short amount of time uh so it's getting done though but yeah that is the goal all right all this before i let you get out of here i got like two minutes left man mm. um you to me are looked at as a unicorn and what i mean by that is that i talk to a lot of my colleagues and we talk about the absence of viable African-American artists who are actually working in this town who are between the ages of 30 and 40, and you are firmly right in there. You got other opportunities coming up, like Adam. Um, you know, brother, I mean, talk to me a little bit. Give me give me some small response, man, and, and talk about, does it feel like responsibility? Does it just feel like, like you said, it's part of your job? Um, it ain't a lot of you guys, man. It ain't a lot. Well, I'm not, I'm still not comfortable in, in entertainment. Like some people may presume that I can just take a break or take my foot off the pedal and I can't. I'm, I'm still gung ho, gotta go get it, right? I put myself in a, in a, a fine position at this particular time, but to, to, to create opportunities for myself and to charge. And like over quarantine, me and, and two of my partners, buddy of mine, Phil Boutte, who brought an idea to me and, um, my other partner, Michael Wandu, they were in it and they were like, look, you want to get down with this company called 9B, right? Well, we didn't have the name then, but um, they're conceptual artists. They uh, work with grand projects, you know, different, you know, big budget features where they do character design, world building, all that kind of art, right? Um, 
so they brought it, we started a company called 9B where we have now our own artists to do art for, like if you want to do character design for like, you know, for instance, if it was like a, another, you know, Marvel or DC film or something like that, you want to build out the world, you want to design the new characters, that's what we do, right? We do video games, books, all that. The job here is to produce opportunities. And that's what my charge is. So as an actor, I'm trying to put myself in a position to produce opportunities for other people, which I'm doing. As, as an entrepreneur, I do that with other different companies and ventures that I'm invested in. So I don't get comfortable. And, and that's why I, 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 I suppose you, you can say that a unicorn because I do take risks and chances, but granted, this has been 30 plus years of me in this industry trying to put myself in this position. So I feel like there's still so much work to do, not enough time to do it in. Um, and it took so long to even get here, more than just my whole life to get to this particular position of trying to have choice. Right. I still have so much further to go, but I'm enjoying, I'm learning to, I have learned to enjoy the journey versus enjoy the idea of the end. Um, the destination. And uh, that took me some time to wrap my head around, but the journey is beautiful so far. And I'm just, I'm riding it out and seeing what else happens next. All this, um, it is wonderful to sit down and take some time with you. Hope to see you again soon, whenever all of this pandemic is over. Yeah, man. Whether you enjoy your success, welcome Thanks. to award season. Uh, it's going to be a little different this year. <laughs> a little different, but it's all right, you know. Look, as long as it's happening, I'm grateful. I, as long, it could have been to a point where it got shut down, but it didn't. So I'm fine. I'm happy, you know. All right, brother. Well, you enjoy yeah. it, man. You take th thanks for the time today, and I hope to see you yeah. soon, man. You take care. All right, brother. You too. Peace. All right. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.